to celebrate that this Hanukkah in Christ came to be his for his word and he will come again. The name of the church here is a summary of everything that we're going to learn. The first semester of the church here, which is the semester of our Lord, Advent leads us in a penitential season to greet the birth of Christ in this world. Which the opening hymn is not a concert, the material of all the answer. It's TLH 58, which you can go to
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart. Confess our God, our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. You forgave the iniquity of my sin. God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who have given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins, and by your Holy Spirit increase in us the true knowledge of you and of your will and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God, and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen.
Stir up, we beseech thee, thy power, O Lord, and calm, that by thy protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins, and saved by thy mighty deliverance, who livest and reigns with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world with our man. Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem and came to Bethany, Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. Grace to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Say, the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, full of beast and bird. The disciples did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks and sat on Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went before him and then followed him, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna Christ. This is the Gospel of the
In the name of Jesus, dear fellow redeemed, let us pray. Come, thou who spreadest joy and gladness, forever bide with me and mine, and bring to those who sit in sadness and gloom of death thy light divine. A voice comes from my soul within. Thou blessed of the Lord, come in. Amen. In this beginning of our church year, our fathers in the faith have presented to us a story, or rather a history, of something remarkable that happened. And this is the only gospel lesson in the church year which is repeated twice, once today and once on Palm Sunday, before Jesus goes to suffer and to die. Advent means coming. He came, he comes, and he will come again, and today we look at both how he came and how he comes. How did he come? Well, it is a very fascinating story. There were prophecies, prophecies that foretold of the coming Messiah. Messiah means anointed. The Greek word for that is Christ, the one anointed to be our king, to be the true king of Israel. And there were many prophecies that foretold the Messiah and that told the Israelites and the Jews what to look for and what to expect. And Jesus had already fulfilled many of these prophecies. He was born of a virgin. He was called a Nazarene. He is Emmanuel. And today it was no different. Surely your salvation is coming, says Isaiah. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out a city not forsaken. His reward is with him and his work is before him. And so Jesus rides into Jerusalem with his work before him to suffer and to die. And Matthew quotes, but I'll read more fully, this prophecy of Zechariah the prophet. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, that's Jerusalem. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Here we see that God gives a very specific prophecy so that the people would know how to recognize the Messiah. And Jesus knows how to fulfill it. He tells his disciples, go into this town, this little town, and you'll find a donkey tied with a colt that no one has ridden on. Unloose the donkey and the colt and bring them to me. And if anyone says, what are you doing? Why are you loosing the colt? Tell them the Lord has need of them and they'll let you go. And Mark and Luke record that people were there and they said, why are you loosing the, the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of them. And immediately they let them go. He specifically notes that there is a colt tied there and that the people will let them take the colt. Seems something that I've never really preached on before, but, but it, is a, it is a miracle. It's just like when, when Nathaniel comes to Jesus and Jesus says, there is an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And he says, what, do you know me? And he said, before, you, before Philip came to you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. He can see everything, even as a man, because he is the true God. 
And not only does he know that there's a cult there, but he knows the hearts of those who let the disciples take the donkey. He knows your hearts. He knows them. Now this, on the one hand, is very frightening. Because we have acted as if God doesn't see. And it is a sin and a spiritual stupidity to ignore that God can see you. See your hearts and thoughts. We just confessed during the penitential seasons, we used the other uh, confession of sin. We have sinned against you in thought, word and deed. Because this king comes specifically to rule in our hearts, and he knows our hearts, and he knows why they need to be ruled by him. Because they are full of sin. They are full of what we have inherited from Adam, the desire to run away from God, to make excuses for sin, to blame somebody else, and so continue to be ruled by it. Jesus says elsewhere, whoever sins is a slave of sin. And a slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. Therefore, if the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, speaking of freeing, the ancient fathers all told the story, or at least this interpretation. They like to allegorize a lot. And they said the donkey, there are two donkeys. There's a donkey, which has the, is a beast of burden, and a colt that nobody had ridden on. And so the donkey is the Jews who have the law. They have this yoke on them. And the cult is the Gentiles who don't have the law. That is the law of Moses. But Jesus rides on both of them. And he saves both the Jew and the Gentile. And he frees, he looses them from their bondage and takes them into his own use to join with him in his triumphant procession. And so he comes, righteous and having salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey. He doesn't come with a war steed and a squire next to him. He comes with a beast of burden. He comes with an animal that's used to work and that is used for humble things. He doesn't come in splendor with trumpets he doesn't come showing off his riches. He became poor for us. He comes humble, having salvation. And righteous, no one could convict him of sin. No one could say, did you hear what Jesus did? That wasn't very good. No, everybody only told of the good that he did. Even the Pharisees, they tried to con convict him of breaking the Sabbath and other things, and always failed. He became righteous and having salvation. And this is why this reply of the crowd to Jesus is remarkable. There were those who recognized it. They were like, wait a second. There's a guy coming into Jerusalem who's righteous and humble. I mean, he eats with tax collectors and sinners to rescue them. And he's on a donkey. This is what Zechariah said. This is the Messiah. And so they took up this song from Psalm 118 that they were used to singing in preparation, expectation of the coming Messiah. This is the psalm that speaks of, this is the, uh, uh, the stone of the builders reject that has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing is marvelous in our eyes. But listen to these words, because this is where the word Hosanna comes from. 
Save now. I pray, O oh Lord, save now. That is what Hosanna means, which you sing every Sunday. Save now. O oh Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horn of the altar. He comes, his work is before him, and he is the sacrifice to be offered on the altar of the cross. All of these prophecies Jesus fulfills and are fulfilled in a glorious day. And this happened. Soon, the Hosannas, of course, as we sing, turned into cries of crucify from the same people. Cries of save now turned into away with him, away with him. He knows all things. He knows our hearts. And how does he use this knowledge? He uses it to come to you lowly and having salvation. And he showed this by going to the cross. He is led like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before it shares his silence so he opened not his mouth. He took the abuse. He was accused though he was innocent. He was crucified, which was a, which was a punishment for slaves and, and, and traitors. And he was our slave. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So he came and established his kingdom. He established his kingdom, not with the force of arms, but by feeling the force of arms, with the nails binding him to the altar. And he answered the prayers of his people. He saved them. Saved them from what? Saved them from all that is not love, from adultery, and murder, and gossip, but especially from that unbelief, that running away from God. Instead, he comes to you. He goes into the midst of the battle for you. There is no guilt and no shame and no sin in your life that Jesus did not face for you. That's the kind of king he is. It's not a fleshly kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's not a kingdom that wins by forcing you to do things. It's a kingdom that wins by persuading you with his love. How do I receive him? Lord, how shall I receive you? O Lord, how shall I meet thee? You are righteous. I am a sinner. You have salvation. I need salvation. All I have to sing is Hosanna. Save now. Save now. Right now. You are the desire of the whole world. Even those who don't know you long for something better than what they have, long for eternity. Even though they don't seek you, yet you seek them, Jesus. You are the only beauty of the soul of men because man was made in the image of God and you, Jesus, are the express image of the Father. And so there is no beauty of my soul that is not you and what you have given me. Who can light the lamp in my heart to see the way to go? To see you as you come to me, but you. Teach me, Lord Jesus, to know 
that pleases you. What you want from me. Because Zion, she spreads her palms. She throws, she throws her clothes down. So let me put off the old man and repent of all of these sins that have made me run away from you. And show you that you have the victory. And if I don't have palm trees, then I will offer my songs and my psalms. I confess that you alone deserve all the glory. You, this humble king on a donkey. And so I will serve that name that is Jesus, which means the Lord saves, as best as you give me the power to do. Because you haven't neglected anything, nothing, nothing that I needed for to comfort me and to give me joy. And my body and my soul were sitting in their worst misery. And I had no hope like the rest of mankind. Just a few short years and then death in the grave. When I didn't have the kingdom, but was ruled by sin and the devil, was hateful and hating other people. And I was without hope and without you. You came to me. You came to me. Give me joy. You came to me to teach me to sing a song. That called Hosanna. Save me. Save now. I lay in shackles that were too heavy to overcome, and you come and you make me free by bearing the bonds of my sin and willingly being nailed to the cross. I stood in the knowledge of my sin, knowing that my heart would be uncovered before all and before your holy presence. I was ashamed, and yet you came to me and you make me great. You lift me up to honor and to glory. You give me all that you have and are. All of your suffering is now my suffering. All of your death is my death. Your resurrection is my resurrection. When God says, This is my son in whom I am, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, through you he now says that to me in my baptism. You give me the greatest good. A good that will be there when my house burns down and my wife dies. And I lose everything, yet I still have you. King of kings, Lord of lords, ruling over everything. Coming to me humbly and having salvation even now. Through the lips of a sinful man, through the water, through the word, through just plain bread and wine, giving me heaven. And it will never perish. It will never be taken away. It, it is an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, reserved in heaven for me, which I now hold by faith in you. By faith that, not that I did anything. There's nothing that moved you, Jesus, to leave your rightful place, this throne in heaven. But that love for which I love you, a love that could embrace this world of sin and misery. You know, we are so good, brothers and sisters, at ignoring the pain in this world. Sometimes I think about the fact that I live next to I-80, the wonderful house there that you provide for me. And I think about how many children who are slaves are being trafficked right along I-80, and I say a prayer to my God that he would protect my children from those wicked people. All of the abortion and the murder people bound to sensual desires that they can't escape. The betrayals, the cheating, the divorce, the greed. People never having enough, and taking and taking and taking. The gossip, and the 
broken hearts, thousand plagues, a burden of mourning, a veil over all the people. We can't even express it, and I don't want to. It's depressing. You, Jesus, embraced that. All of you came as king to rule over that and to deliver your people and all who cry out Hosanna from all of that evil. So write this in your heart. Write it deeply into your heart. You who feel your sins and see the oppression of the world, you who stumble and sometimes fall in front of the wrath you're afraid of, the punishment, the consequences, pain of body and soul, it just keeps getting more and more. Write it in your heart that you have help right here at the door. He knows how to anoint your hearts with the oil of gladness, how to heal every wound, how to forgive every sin. There is no crevice of your conscience into which he does not shine the light of hope and forgiveness. He's always here, as he promised. I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And how is he with us now? We can't see him, but he is with us humbly, just as he was humble on the donkey. That's the kingdom of Christ. It's not going to happen when he comes and establishes some thousand-year reign on earth, like the millennialists imagined. No, it is right now. It is right now. Right now is the tribulation of the seven years because it's a short time. Right now is the thousand year reign because Christ is reigning and ruling over us and it is a complete, perfect kingdom. And so we don't need to worry whether he is going to come to us. Look at how he comes. He arranges everything. He gets the donkey. He proves that the word of God is true. And so he comes today to you in your word, or in his word. You don't need to worry night and day you don't need to work yourself into a frenzy to make yourself worthy of him, to feel that you trust in him enough or that you love in him enough. No. No. He comes. He comes entirely willing for you. For you. Specifically for you. For me. For my wife. For my children. For my enemies. For you. Not that you're my enemies. He comes for sinners to dispel fear. Say, no, you look away from your own thoughts. You look away from your own conscience and see who this king is. He is righteous, and yet he comes to you, a sinner. He's humble and lowly. And what does he have with this humility? Salvation, rescue from all of your sins, from all fear of judgment, from fear of death, from the power of the devil, from this whole world. He comes to rule over all of that for you. To give you faith that conquer death. And stand boldly on the day of judgment. And so don't be afraid. It's hard for me to believe this. It's, I, you know, you, you go through life and you just see sin more and more. You know, And I think that's why people don't want to come to church. Because we're always talking about sin. You know? But it just heaps up. And then there are those times in my life where it's the middle of the night or it's during the day and all of a sudden all of my sins, sins that I haven't thought of, that I've already confessed, come heaped up before me. And the devil throws them in my place, as his name means, 
devil comes from diabolos, which is the Greek translation of Satan, which means accuser. He comes and he throws your sins in your face and says, no, you can't have God's blessing. You can't have this king. Oh, yes, you can, because he comes. He comes still today, just as he came. He comes to comfort sinners, just as he did on earth. Be of good cheer. Daughter, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. And he fashions hearts that trust in him. He creates in you a heart that sees past this short life, through the darkness, through a world of sin, heaven and your inheritance with him. He teaches you. Brings you where he goes. That's your king. O Jerusalem, O daughter of Zion, rejoice greatly. Shout for joy. Learn to sing that song, Hosanna. Because that song dispels the devil. That song overcomes the world. What is any enemy that you're afraid of? Bad government? Somebody who's out for you? The devil? Your own flesh? Jesus scatters them with one blink of an eye. He scatters them with his word. That is the power by which he fashioned the heavens and the earth. And that is the power by which he creates faith in your heart. That is the power by which you win. And you are more than conquerors with the king who loves you. It's in vain that they even oppose him. They think they won, and he beat them at their own game. They think they win them when they crucify him. That's how he won. So there's no victory for them. The victory is entirely yours. And he will come again. He will come to judge the nations. To judge every person. This one who sees your heart. Who sees all that you have done. So now, see him how he comes. He comes right now with grace and the sweetest light for you who love him because he loved you. For you who come to church today to seek him and to find in him the one who rules over your heart. He will come as a curse to those who curse him and don't believe him. He will. But right now, we sing that song to him as he comes to us humbly today. Because he is truly here. Flesh and blood, our true God and Lord. And this is truly Zion, the church, Jerusalem. Come, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Come now. Save now. Hosanna. Save now. Gather us all from the ends of the earth. Celebrate with you, the Lamb of God, your kingdom. You give to your bride, the church. Until that day, come now to save our sins. Come now and be our king. Give us the body that conquered death. Give us the blood that silences the devil. Give us joy and gladness. Give us faith. Give us hope. Give us love. In the name of Jesus, amen. <clears throat> The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing a, a different offertory, LSB 956, during Advent.
Jesus Christ our Lord, whose weight on the Baptist prepare, proclaiming him the cross Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we, Lord, magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying,
Christ, given unto death, and keep the true body of Christ, given
baking each the true body of Christ.
We thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in the sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, one forever. Congratulations, let's sing. Now, thank you all. 